When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Does your insurance agent treat you like family? Insurance Corporation is programmed to build interpersonal relationships with members of family units. We communicate on a four-name basis with all customer numbers. Only a human who knows you can create a plan that's right for you. That's why for more than 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. It's your future. Let's protect it. Talk to a Farm Bureau agent today or visit fbfs.com protect. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. Oh, come on, Tottenham. 
Uh, it's episode 60, fuck, what is it, 64, I think, 64, and it's season 10 of the Fighting Cop podcast date. I'm joined on the line by Alex from Bristol. How you doing, boy? I'm good, boy. How's it going? Very good. And we've got our, our other boy on the line, uh, Windy. Always your boy. I'll always be your <laughs> oh, boy. We do a podcast together, a little separate one, just me no, and that was, that, that, That's how little you pay attention to our lives. Um, because we haven't been doing 15 minutes for about Since two... January, I know. I had a look on I, on Spotify the other day. I was like, I wonder when, when's the last time them two had a nice little chat? And then I well, saw January, and I was like, oh, that's good. Well, that's good. Uh, we are bringing it back. It's just that because this football calendar has been mental, um, it was just difficult. I'm sure the fans out there are just clamouring around for 15 minutes, but, um, yeah, the reality is um, just too busy, aren't we? Too busy yeah, being yeah. successful, Windy. Well, you are. I'm. I'm just busy. I'm. I'm busy. I don't know what I'm doing. Nothing. I'm just waiting. <laughs> waiting. You're just sat by the microphone, waiting for you to join me. When, Windy. <laughs> Windy. Um. We had Bardi on at the beginning of the week. I'm not sure I if heard. you listened. All right. Okay. Um. And I think you stole him from me. Possibly. What? What do you yeah. mean? Possibly? I didn't think you were going to admit it. <laughs> yeah. What? No. I might well have done. It. It wasn't deliberate. But um, I wooed him. What, yeah, why I mean, did you woo I mean, Bardi over any other member of the fighting cock? You could have taken any of us. Yeah, who Pop. would who would steal that? <laughs> <laughs> the, but, see, this is exactly why I wooed him. It was easy. He was <laughs> he was sort of on the edges, on the fringes of the fighting cock, and he's a I slut. Knew that would, That's what it is. Yeah, I wouldn't have to do much to sort of wangle him away. Um, obviously, uh, you know, we've got. I wouldn't call it a big game. We're at the rubber end of the uh, Premier League, aren't we? The only thing we have to play for is finishing above Arsenal. They beat Chelsea, is it last night or the night before? Which was um, frustrating. Um, I know we ate Chelsea, we ate Arsenal, but we definitely ate Arsenal more than we ate Chelsea. And I was, I was sort of seeing that as a banker. Like If they lost that game, there's no chance they can get ahead of us. Now they can, and it's it's on us to, to, to perform, which would potentially should be motivation. You know, you saw that picture that Mason, when he was booting... I'm sure the pitch looks really bad, but it's of Ryan Mason absolutely putting the welly into um, Jack Wilshere. Do you know the picture I'm talking about? Yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe he understands the North London derby as well as we do. I'm sure he does. He's got Tottenham in his blood. It's, it's, it's a part of his fabric, isn't it? Um, but, um, you know, maybe that's the motivation we need to get the results against Wolves and uh, Villa. Because if we win them two home games, we're home and dry. Nothing to worry about other than finishing in the Europa Convention Cup, whatever that new Europa League <laughs> thing is. Um, before we do that, Windy, you've been quite vocal, sort of everywhere, uh, about <laughs> about how much you've hated watching Jose Mourinho's football. How have you taken the transition to Ryan Mason? Uh, how have I taken it? That's It's a bit of a leading question, isn't it? Because it's. I think what you want me to say is... Um, everything's better now and of course it's not in one sense it's not because it's going to take some time to sort of come out from under the Mourinho rock and start being the Tottenham I know and love again um, but in another sense it is better because he's gone um, and it feel, it genuinely to me feels like a dark cloud's lifted I mean I've absolutely hated this um, last, se- last season in particular mm. um, but but most you know a lot of a lot of Mourinho's tenure I hated Um and I do sort of feel, I do g- genuinely feel sort of re-energised and reconnected almost instantly. And it, I mean, it does help that it's Mason. Not that I think he's um, 
a particularly you know good coach, but it's early, it's, what, you know, it's cr- ridiculous what, the early days for him. But as Wendy, a person, what, did, what did you make of his um, his transition from under seventeens coach? Was that right? Uh, to 18s, yeah. under eighteens coach to the first team. What what did you make of that 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 movement? Because it was it, it wasn't shocking because you can see the logic in it because you know Levy at this point just needs someone who's just going to be on board and not fight him and he's in the club and he knows the club and the fans like him so I can understand it but what what did you make of that transition I'm um, exactly what you just said it's it's a it's a marriage of convenience it's someone who can in some ways unite the fans um someone who the, the players sort of know and like sort of known face around the training grounds um someone who has a connection with the club and can sort of bring back that connection hopefully between the fans in the club in in the short spell he's got. But, in, you know, it is quite shocking because, frankly, Chris Powell is far more qualified to be our interim manager. Um, and and in, in some ways, it's everything that's wrong with football, isn't it? You know, Chris Powell should be our manager right now, but instead it's it's Ryan Mason, who's an untested white man. Um, but, you know, the get-out clause from that is that is he that... does have this connection. What, do you think... You think... What, what do you mean by that? Well, Chris Powell is is infinitely more qualified to be to be our head coach. He just yeah. is. Yeah, but what, what what do you mean by the colour of his skin of that? Well, because if Chris Powell were white, I'm sure he would be the head coach right now. I don't basically. I, I'm not sure I agree with that, but but actually maybe because he he is infinitely more qualified. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, there's I no. Think there might but be... I don't think it, I don't think it's because of his colour of his skin though, Wendy. No, 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 not. It's not because of Chris, the color of Chris Powell's skin. It's because of it's because of, of the in inbred structural racism in football. But you know, don't get me wrong. I think Ryan Mason is a is a sensible sort of short term appointment in the sense that he can unite people. And Chris Powell is a great person to have behind him. And you know, they're working as a team. It's just that Mason has to go out there and, and front up the media and whatnot, which he's doing a very good job out i think to be honest yeah i agree i agree too um alex what, what do you make of ryan mason thus far i'll just say i'll click on the chris powell thing i do think i think it might be because he's infinitely more qualified as to why he hasn't got it because <laughs> you can imagine can you imagine if he'd managed to pull off the cup final and then we finished like, <laughs> and leave daniel levy's looking and going can you be calls then like from everyone from football like well he's got to have the job now and so. if he doesn't if he doesn't give it him he's a racist yeah, well, <laughs> but also just in terms of he just does he won't want that he'll want you know his own person and stuff coming in I think that might have been you know with Mason it's almost guaranteed no matter how well he does or poorly he does it's like well you know he's 18 you know what you're not going to give him anything <laughs> but well all right based on what, what do you think of his performance then I'll ask you again now because um you know it has been a transformation in the footballing sense to a much more, it's, it's, it's more closely aligned into what we want to see as Spurs fans, what any football fan wants. Is, like, I don't really believe in this Tottenham way, West Ham way, whatever it is. I think it's all bullshit. It depends on the coach you have, you'll play a certain way. But Ryan Mason's come in and said, I just want Spurs to be playing like Spurs again. And I think his, his dedication to that, and it's admirable, has led to um, some sort of tactical in uh, frailties, especially against Leeds, where he I mean, I'd love to see Bale, Son, Deli Alley and Kane play again together, just not like that. And I think that was down to their what they've been asked to do by Ryan Mason. Or they just thought, we all want to play up front, like you did when you was a kid. We just want to play up front and score. <laughs> so it felt a little bit like that. What do you think, Al? Sorry, mate. Um, 
Yeah, like it's not his fault, but I hate him right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, in the WhatsApp call, if we won't call him Ryan Mason, we're calling him, was it uh, fuck, Brian, Brian Crayson, we're calling him at the oh, moment okay. until we win again. <laughs> it's no, not. Cool. I just, I don't know. It's the, it's the substitutions that have just have just drove me nuts. Like I yeah, said, it, it is what it is at the minute. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know, but it does matter because I'm like, Wendy, I wanted that stupid pickled onion-headed prick out of there as well. And, I, and I've loved it. And then <laughs> yeah, but... I loved the cup. And I got excited for the cup final and sat there with, with my little, you know, with my G&T and, and doing some ironing, you know, ready, getting ready for the cup final. Even ironed like a nice spur shirt to put on. And then that... <laughs> And then yeah, but that, that, that was always going to happen. The Leeds, actually, you know what? Both those results were were, were inevitable. You no, know, I'm it, not having that about Leeds. I know you were kind of umming and ahhing about Leeds, but I and I actually thought, actually, you know, to be serious for a sec, I actually thought the first 10, 15 at a stretch minutes against Leeds, I was like, all right, okay. But I can see, you know, there is definitely a, a change in the way that we are playing or attempting to to play. You know, Sheffield United, I kind of took with a pinch of salt because they are at a tripe. But, um, but I, I was all right with the first 10, 15 minutes against Leeds. And I was still pretty confident that we would win that throughout. And I think if we had gone 2-1 up, I think it might have been a bit different. But um, look, it's not Mason's fault. The Ndumbele thing is strange because if he was injured, like, and I've heard bits and pieces about that he was injured, but we've heard no details about when it happened, how it happened, what exactly it is. And just that, that annoys me. And that Leeds game just seemed like it was crying out for... For Ndombele, you know, and I was just like, well, if we can, all of us can see this, we're all saying it. Every single one of us was screaming about Ndombele, and yet he brings on Lucas and Lamella. Yeah, but we were screaming at it because as fans, we look at football in such a sort of black and white thing. All right, oh, we're struggling. I think sometimes that's a good thing. I think, I genuinely but, think, yeah. I think there, I, don't, I haven't come across anyone that was like, yeah, it was, it was a good thing not to, not to bring under. No, of course, of course, but you haven't come across Ryan Mason and maybe he had legitimate reasons for it. And, um, well, I want to know what these reasons are. <laughs> you don't deserve to know, Alex. Well, I do know. I do want to know. I want to know why Lacelso stayed on that pitch that whole time. Yeah, but you. But yeah, but this is the thing, Alex. You have a thing about Lacelso. You have from the. Be- yes, do yes you do. Yes, you I, do. You do. But it's not mean. I'm not being mean to them. No, all. I know you're not being mean. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you're taking your agenda in, like like it's Wendy used to be yeah. about Defoe. Actually, hated his guts without any reason. <laughs> that, that's fair, isn't it? Wendy? It's not fair at all. Is it not no, fair? And, and, and Alex is sometimes a bit mean about, about poor Gio, to be fair. Do, do you, so have you picked up on it as well? Yeah, Wendy? yeah, yeah, yeah. He hates him. Yeah, he does hate him. He's so not the only say... one. He's not the only one. There's a lot of... Um, I, I got into some, some interesting discussions on Twitter this week about Lo Celso and Ndombele, and a lot yeah, of people don't rate either of them. I want to talk a bit about Twitter and, and your your time on that in, in, in a sec if that's okay Wendy if you're happy to can I just yeah, finish on the Celso because I've been wanting to talk to Wendy about the Celso no you Go can't no you can't it's our, it's my podcast uh, you absolutely cannot continue your conversation with Wendy about the Celso Wendy why do you think right <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what he offers this team like at one point against Leeds he dribbled the ball out of play I'm just on his own. I, I, do, you know what? I, I, do you know what? I remember that, Alex. <laughs> I remember it because I was watching it. I was going, go on, go on, go on, Gio. Go on, go on. And then you're like, oh, God, Alex is going to fucking hate that. Alex is going to hate that. I, I, 
on the face of it, I, I, I should like him because he's got a bit of spite about him. And he's a like, you know, he's, spite, he's, a lot of spite, yeah, you yeah. know, like I'm, he, I'm sure he's like pinching people's armpit hair as he lifts them up and like saying awful things to them in the penalty box and stuff. But other than the fact that he rolls around all the time constantly, it, like, and I don't usually have a problem with that, but he is a nightmare for it. But I don't know. He just, I don't, I don't see him as like a carrier. I don't see him as, as you know, like Lamella sometimes would, would come on and he finds that little third. Um, Final third pass. Well, you, are you saying that he in. should be up for Sal in the summer? Is that what you're saying? I don't. I. 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 I I'm sure he could do better, but I just. I don't know. He just. I just. I, I've never seen it from the beginning. Everyone kind of was raving, and I just don't. I. I, I want to pin my hat on something that he that he brings to this midfield that others don't. So right he. Now, so he's a it. he's a carrier. He he's a carrier. He's also a, a a progressive passer as well. So I know you hate data, but in 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 the data, he's in the top eight percent of players in the top five leagues for progressive carries. Fuck! Well, he's only played about eight games. It's based on it's, it's based on just under two thousand minutes. So it's not a huge, you know, not massive sample size. In your fucking face, Alex! In your fucking face! Go on, <laughs> really do, throw some throw some more facts at him, please. What else is he good at? <laughs> He's good at passing. Um, he's good, good at passing, passing moving the ball from back to front. All the stuff that happens, all the stuff that happens in the middle of the pitch that we take for granted. He's good at. Celso is good at. Um, and, and I, I take Alex's point that like he's not the perfect midfield player, certainly not yet. But I feel like with proper coaching, he's got all the raw materials to be a really good central midfield player. But equally, I think he's got potential to be a good sort of inverted right winger as well. So I, that's, that's kind of why I like him. He's, he's, he's got that kind of versatility where he can play a number of different roles effectively. And I'm just excited to see what our next coach will do with him, to be honest. I can see that he's got those things. I've just... Uh, I, I, I've yet to have seen any application of them, really. I haven't really walked away from a game where I've gone massive difference there. He, he, he I think that. last season he he played really well at the back end of the season. And he was probably our best player. Yeah. Th- this season he's definitely dropped off. And to be fair, he's been injured a lot as well, which doesn't help. I mean, his injury record is horrendous for us, which is weird because he didn't have any problems with injuries before he joined us. Brilliant. Uh, which is How old is he? Classic, classic Spurs trait, isn't it? It's, you know, join it's, us and, and get it's injured. Called, it's because of all the negative energy he's been sent by Alex. Oh, fuck Could off. Be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's seeping oh, into his ankles and knees. Yeah, and, and I, I want you to apologise right now, Alex. Um, for I, no I said s- at the start that he would that he would he wouldn't do any more at this club than Benjamin Stambouli did, and so yeah, far uh, I've not been proved wrong. No, but you take great delight in in being wrong, right, brother? No, I I, always, I changed my mind. We've had this discussion lots of times. I changed my mind. I apologise to Ben Davis on this podcast, <laughs> and then so three weeks if later, I'm wrong. I will do it. You turned on him like the pig he is. Well, he, he let me down. He he, he made me <laughs> apologise. I, I apologised on national, you know, airwaves, going out to thousands of people. <laughs> and then almost the, the, the week after, he decided to be a, a twat again for forever. And he's not stopped it since. So I, I shouldn't really ever apologise again to anyone. But I will if if they prove me wrong. It does feel like there's a player in La Celso that could be coached into being very important to, to what we're what we hope to hope to be like a 
a coach that isn't Mourinho and a coach that obviously isn't Ryan Mason as a 29-year-old novice, um, that we have a good player there and it'd be foolhardy to, to let him go. And we've just spent, I don't know how much it was. It was, was it 35, 40 million on him to secure his, I think maybe 35 million to secure his transfer January last year. But do you not think this is like the cycle that we might end ourselves in? I, I, I've been to see what Wendy thinks. Like, it, do we get a manager in where it's like, look, you've got to come in and make the most of Lo Celso and Dombele, Bergwijn, um, you know, Joe Roden, maybe, I don't know. Or are we bringing in a manager and saying, right, you know, there's your canvas, away you go. Because I feel like if we are still bringing in people, you know, there's three managers that have benched in Dombele now. You know, all right, Mason is barely a manager, but you, you know what I mean? You know, how long do we, have we made that mistake before of giving players too long to bed in and then they're here seven, eight years and, and done nothing? Do you know what I mean? I, that's that's my worry. About Go on, when, when, how do you answer that, Wendy? Uh, so I keep seeing people say this about Ndombele, three managers have benched him. And I think there are legitimate responses to each manager benching him. Firstly, when he came in under Poch, he wasn't, fully fit he wasn't acclimatized and so it was natural that he was going to I mean Pochettino didn't throw new signings straight in anyway he he tended to sort of bring them in slowly so that's that's my rationale for that one Mourinho clearly fell out with him after the was it Burnley where he felt he wasn't trying hard enough mm. uh, and, and you know we saw what the fallout of that looked like on all or nothing and it culminated in in Daniel Levy having a very <laughs> uncomfortable patronising conversation with Ndombele yeah. and trying to patch things over. Please, and then, me. you know, Mason, if Ndombele was injured at the start, that's one thing. And then, you know, Celso played against Sheffield United where we were really, really good. So he wasn't necessarily going to start Ndombele against Leeds. So I feel like there's legitimate answers. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not having a go at Ndombele. I, I love... Uh... Ndombele, I hope he, I hope he stays, and you know, I, I will have an unlimited patience with him. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm just using that as an example of, you know, what type of, what's the next step, you know, in terms. I see of what you, so you're sort of saying fix stuff or just do what you need to do. I think a bit of both. I think I see our squad as like a mass of untapped potential, and you know, a, a new coach. Let, let's assume it's Graham Potter will like a lot of those players and improve them. And of course, there'll be some that he just doesn't think fits his system and or can't be improved or they just aren't his kind of player and they'll need to move on. But I'm happy to give him a season to decide and then and then we go. Do you know what, gonna... right? Do you know what is absolutely ridiculous is how hyped I am for Graham Potter now. <laughs> so I was going to, I was going to, before we go, go on to that, because I, I, do you know what? I'm on board with it as well now, and I never thought I would. Like yes. his name, his name's Graham, his surname's Potter. Like I would never want anyone as, abs- like, who has a name, like, they're, how shit were his parents? Like his surname's Potter. Oh, what should we call him? Graham? Yeah, all right. Let's call him Graham. Like, fucking use your brains. Yeah, anyway. Like Clint or something. Yeah, Clint Potter would have been a much, much better. <laughs> or, um, yeah, no, yeah, Peter Potter. I would have taken Peter Potter. But, <laughs> but, but Graham Potter isn't. But, but do, you know, do you know, through the time, and, 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 I, and, and do you know where, where I had that sort of, I would say Eureka moment, but, but, but if I said that, you know, as if I'd made it up. But John Bass said, if you put Harry Kane in the Brighton side, they would finish above Tottenham if we didn't have Kane. You just replace Harry Kane and put him in Brighton side because of the chances they create, they would mm-hmm. probably finish above us, even though they're four from bottom currently. And it's, 
hard to argue with that. Windy, I know you want to bum Potter. So what 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 um yeah, tell us about what he can bring to Tottenham should he be the manager. Um in, in doing this, I'm gonna to have to mention the dreaded expected goals. Um I know you're I you're on board with expected goals. Fucking now, aren't love you? it, mate. Love it. It's yeah. lube to my penis. I don't I don't hate it. You we've had this discussion before. I just it's just not in every, not every day. Just stop sending me it every day. <laughs> Go on, Wendy. Go, what why why um in, in what why what does XG tell us about Brighton and Potter? It tells us that there is a massive uh, underperformance of their expected goals in terms of goals scored. So they're creating, I think it's 60 expected goals and they've scored something like 37. Is that because um, they've got Malpay up front rather than yes, someone like Harry largely, Kane? Largely because they've got Malpay and Connolly, who are their strikers, who, are, who, who aren't converting very well. And then equally at the other end, they've got a better expected goals against record than Spurs. I mean, we've got the second worst in the league this year after Fulham. Um, but Brighton's is really good and they're conceding a lot. And a lot of that, I mean, Nathan did a video about it where he analysed some of the reasons. And to be honest, the main reason was Matt Ryan for the first half of the season who Arsenal been signed hilariously. Uh, and Ryan was just terrible. He was absolutely terrible. And they signed a new goalkeeper, Sanchez, who is who is pretty good. I mean, he does make the odd mistake, um, but it, it, they've, they've improved in terms of the number of goals they've conceded. Um, and I and I do I I agree with what John's saying that if you if you take Kane and put him into Brighton's team suddenly you've got a top eight team probably top six team to be honest. Fuck! Um, Imagine if that's mad, true because you know they've so got. Can, can we destroy them then? How how do we get how do we get Grand Potter if we're going to get him like I, and I'd love that because I'm not that I've got any issue with Brighton I don't at all but I like seeing fans of other clubs hurt. And if we can take all of their dreams away from them by signing Potter, it's like an added bonus. Like, yeah. is it is it likely? What 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 do you see? Well, Alex, what do you see about uh, who's going to be our next manager? Because the, the talk of Scott Parker frightens me. Yeah, me too. Um, he seems like a, a perfectly nice chap, but uh, it just stinks of one of those, you know, nine months in and he's gone. Um, type of appointments. I, I'm excited about Potter because because uh, it's just so like the, it, if it works, it will it will just be cause so much sieve among <laughs> like modern day football Twitter that <laughs> that this is happening. Um, but also it's a bit of underdog. It's like well we let's yeah let's try it. You know we 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 took a gamble on. On Pochettino to to a relative extent at the time when when he came in, you know he was doing okay with with Southampton, but he was playing nice football. It worked, you know, didn't then, it? It worked. Yeah, look, I, look, look, I, you know, he's I turned to my daddy. You know, I, I still haven't forgotten about <laughs> I, him. I wish you wouldn't. I wish you wouldn't keep saying that. Well, it's true. Um, well, you're 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 only ten years younger than he is. You keep stop yeah. calling him your daddy. That's not. He's like fifty, isn't he? He's, he's not saying it in a familial way. He's saying it in a sexy way. Yeah, no, he's not. A, he's not. That, that's that's the weird thing. It's not. It's like he's saying it like a like he's my dad thing. Yeah. You're, uh, Alex, you're like what, you're I'll like. Four... Be outside, I'll be outside any ground or pub, you know, willing to fight for him. Well, he might. He's going to be sacked by PSG, I reckon. So we probably have to pick him up on a on a free. Alex, he's amazing. he's forty nine years old. You're forty two. So he's seven years old. You're you. a dickhead. I am thirty four. <laughs> just. Absolutely. Oh my god, you're 34. 
Yeah, I have all of all of you old cunts have all been having your jabs. I've got I'm out, I'm out here exposed. <laughs> Man's out here just with nothing. Man, if you're no it, mate, if you're 34, I look incredible for nearly 40. You really Jesus. do not. Do, I don't stop. I mean, that's that. Uh, I was joking. Anyway, I'm, no, I'm no, excited no. about. Listen, I'm excited about Potter because um, it, I I I, I want to watch good football. That was the whole point. You know, we we had the whole discussion about attractive football and what it meant and. I think really now, I think anyone that says that, you know, watching good football and being entertained on a weekly basis is not important, I, I think he's lying. I don't, it's, you know, I again mentioned John, you know, John was pretty much on board of it and then it got to a point where he just wasn't enjoying it. And he's like, well, yeah, this, it clicked for him. And it's just like, well, this is, you can't enjoy watching it every week, especially yeah. if you're playing like we were, you know, like two, three times a week sometimes. What is the point? I want to get onto the questions, uh, and then that kind of links into what you're saying there, Al. Uh, SR, he says, does Windy think that he was a bit naive about Mourinho when he first came in? People saw, who saw him at Real, Chelsea and United knew about all of the Mourinho traits that Windy ended up hating, or did Windy feel like he had publi publicly given him a chance just so he didn't get abuse online? That's the, the exact opposite of what you did, Windy, isn't it? No, I, I, I. To be honest, I really was naive at the start. I, um, I, I basically <laughs> fell for his charm offensive and thought, oh, maybe, maybe he is a new Mourinho. Maybe, maybe this is all, you know, this time away from football, he's had to reflect and come in with a new progressive style. And and look, he's brought along this kind of shiny new thing in Sacramento with him, who's meant to be this progressive tactician. I was like, oh, maybe he genuinely has changed his ways. And yeah, I was massively naive and. Six months later, I, I I was sick of it basically. Wendy, I remember um, but, you going yeah. earlier than that. I remember you no, going. No, no, I mean, I I'm quite saying to me, there's a couple, I, I, there's a couple I, I, of blog articles where I defended him, and oh, um, okay. <laughs> I want to be back now. I'm, I'm quite embarrassed about them. Um, Don't be embarrassed. But, Every, like, everybody's reactive to what the what they're yeah, seeing, but yeah. all of us want Tottenham to do well fundamentally, don't we? Yeah, exactly. we want us to play good football and to win trophies. <laughs> All right, I, I, yeah, I, I, and I think let... look for the first six months, you can make excuses about why the good football wasn't coming because there were, you know, we didn't have Kane and Son for a lot of it, and there was a pandemic which hit, and there were lots of reasons, and you know, he had to fix this squad which was a mess, and and so that's the excuse for the football. But the signs were there from quite early on that he was going to be divisive, not only amongst the fan base but amongst the squad as well, and and that's the bit that perhaps I didn't pick up on enough quickly enough. I banged on about uh, Jose Mourinho for a long time, and um, I, I wasn't like Bardi, where Bardi's like, "I've made like this is the hill I'm going to die on, and I'm going to die on it until I, I'm actually threatened with death. Then I'm going to climb down and stay alive, <laughs> like a coward." Uh, but I was, I was kind of, I, I flip flopped on him a lot, which is it's difficult to do as a fan. Like when you when you're just in the in a pub with your mates, you can flip flop, and people go, "Ah, do you remember when you said that?" But it doesn't really matter when you recording shit and people can hear what you're saying and a few three or four games of decent results or poor results change your your view completely it's it's less sort of uh you just look at yourself and realize that oh, you're just a fucking pathetic you're perfect no, you've got no, you know, you got no steel you've got no steel do you know what the what i felt the difference was like because at the start i remember i tweeted on quite early on i was like okay look it's happened Let's get on. Let's get on board with it. And I think I went even even before Windy. But he did. Yeah. I think um, 
the, the difference is what I could hear and, why, and where all our argue, and this is where it came okay, like us all arguing in WhatsApp groups and and like <laughs> there would be times after games and it's like I'm, I'm like I'm hating my best friends because we're talking about Jose fucking that's that's Marino. why that's why I had to jump out of, for people listening yeah. I, I left our, our WhatsApp group but I had to jump out of it because it was wor- it was bad enough losing a game it was worse than having to be really irritated by your what your mates were saying about it and well it and felt... when, when vice versa so when we won and then all i had from Bardi all day all yeah. day well and you were just what? my manager so whoever I... won that day whoever was feeling not everyone better, no everyone was was, everyone lost it in some way you know apart yeah. in our friendship group everyone at some point was losing <laughs> <laughs> so and, and and what i found the difference was and where i saw where i I just went early on it, but the the where you saw the difference was was you could feel on the podcast and when you're talking to, to friends and stuff, you could feel them looking for 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 reasons as to oh why why is this happening or looking for reasons as to well that's not the end of the world if we do this or if we do that. And I'm like I don't want to look for reasons because I'm lazy and I I can't really be fucked. Mm. Um, and that's what happened. And then it just got to a point where there were no more reasons left, you know. And after Zagreb, I remember Bardi saying on. The extra inch before the Zagreb go like laughing, saying, "Well, yeah, obviously, if he loses against Zagreb, that's it." <laughs> and then, uh, and just thinking, I remember thinking, well, "I wonder what he's going to come up with now to, to make sure that that hill is still, you know, watered and fed." But uh, it's just when people ran out of 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 reasons, basically. But people do that; they look for reasons in there because they want their team to do well and their club to do well. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, we've got a question from Jayant Singh Chuan, and he says, do you think Windy was so anti-Mourinho now that Jose is gone, he is still trying to find positives out of bad individual performances and team not really pulling together in an effort? I know Mourinho is bad, but he was part of the problem, not the whole problem. What did you make of that, Windy? Um, so, I mean, the first thing to say is Mason's had, what, four weeks? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's not, really, what do you it's expect, not fair, basically. is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, you can't judge Mason in the same way that you would judge Mourinho by the end. It's just, just absurd. Um, but I, I'm just, like I said, I'm just glad to be rid of him. And I was, by the end, I was just anti-Mourinho because I thought he was a toxic influence on the, on the club. But not just that. Like, I thought he was not, <laughs> not going to do well, not going to be successful. I mean, it's clear, it was very clear that he was, he was leading us in a, in a very bad direction. Um, and you know, had we had we kept him for another season, we would probably have sold some of the players that are my favourite players, and I think are really good players. So go on, who it, it was moving, Delhi and Dombele. I think they'd have both probably left. To be yeah. honest, guys, um, um, just on that, just so I remember, um, Alex and Windy, like, what do you what do you think, Delhi? The Delhi, how do we best use Delhi, Ali? Like, because. I'm like I know over the last four or five years I'm not I'm not as hyped about him as you lot are and I, I don't I don't think he's as good a player as you you guys think he is and I'm probably wrong because I'm in the minority um, but what what do we have to do to get the best out of him because what we did against Leeds wasn't getting the best out of him and against Sheffield United he was he was um, he wasn't great like we had better, much better performances in attacking quartet than him so. How do we get the best out of Deli Ali? Do you think Al and then you, Wendy? I I do think it's difficult because I think you know I imagine Delhi that would would kind of kind of evolve into this almost box to box midfielder, and that it quite evidently is is never going to happen. 
Um, so, you know, you look at his best times with Tottenham and they've always been as playing essentially as a number 10 um, or playing, you know, drawing, finding that space between b- between the lines. But now obviously Harry Kane drops deep and that's, that's become part of, of, of Kane's game where he drops in a little bit deeper. So then it's a question of, of do you need him um, or how do you get them both in and, and working at the same time. I do think it's been hard. It's hard going on him now to come in and play and and find form after essentially a year of doing nothing. You know, it, it could take him another four or five months. You know, and I just think with someone with the talent that he has, if you're not going to be patient with, with someone with that much talent who has done it before for your club and is 20, how is he, 25? Um, yeah. Then, I mean, what is even the point? I, it just... That's why I would have been, dis- you know, was really not happy about him, you know, potentially him going in January because I was like, well, I don't see him coming back at that point. Um, you know, it would have been nice for him to go and play some football, but I just didn't see him coming back, and I thought that would essentially be the end of it. But I'd like to, I'd like to see him just played in the position that he was playing in before, and us try and make a team around the the most talented players that we have in this squad, which is what I wanted Mourinho to do in the first place, instead of focusing, you know, defensively. So those building a team around Kane, Son, Ndombele, Delhi, um Ro- I, I mean Roden Roden would start every game for me, but you know, that those those four or five players would be my would would be what we build the, the, the team around and the and the approach around, ideally. And that's where you get I think the best out of Delhi is is by making him the central part of your plans, really. What about you, Wendy? I mean, I pretty much agree with everything Alex has just said. I, and also, it's really interesting to sort of think back to when he first joined. And Al just sort of reminded me that we all thought he was going to be a, a roaming eight by the end. We all sort of thought he might be a Steven Gerrard type. And of course, he ended up playing as a striker initially. And, we, and then we were like, oh, actually, he's really good there. So we'll just convert him. But maybe he was never destined to be a midfielder anyway. I think... Um, it's his movement that's, that's, that sets him apart from other players. He's absolutely exceptional at finding space and fi- arriving in that space at just the right time, which is an incredible skill to have. And if we have, if we play the style of football that I think we should play and I think we will play, having a player that does that is vital. And I think the really telling thing about Delhi and his contribution is if you go back and watch the season reviews for our best season of the Pochettino... Delhi is involved in so many goals, it's untrue. If he's not setting up the goal or scoring the goal, he's involved with a pass that creates the assist or he's involved with dragging a defender out of position with his movement. Um, I just think he's he's so underappreciated. And it's clear that he's definitely dropped off. And I think I think there are reasons for that. I think, you know, when Pochettino tried to create a midfield out of Winks and Soko, it was horrific. And he tried to beast, boost it by dropping Delhi in with them and it just didn't suit him it didn't suit the team and that's when his productivity started declining but he's still a really good player and you don't just forget you don't just go oh we we had him at his peak and now he's declined that's that's a really reductive way of of judging a player and actually you should see it the opposite way let's get him back to what he was let's like think about what his absolute maximum was and focus on how we get him back there I do like his new hair I, yeah, really I, I, season, doesn't it? I know it's like extensions, but I, I kind of feel like, I feel like uh, I appreciate him more now. He's got a, a decent hairdo, and uh, that's, you know, the difference between the fighting cock and the extra inch. Um, 
let's uh, let's uh, uh, there's a question here about it. Jonesy asks uh, what's our worst and best free results in the last three seasons. I want to I want to actually just focus on uh, we don't usually do this and Wendy you're going to absolutely love this because when we met each other back in the day your blog mainly consisted of analysis of goals we'd conceded and I remember having a conversation with you going why are you doing this why do you, why do you want to break down the frailties of Tottenham Hotspur and 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 look at how bad we've been in certain games even ones that we've won so I think you might enjoy this Wendy but um you know what? What? What are the best, the worst, worst free results that you can think of? We don't don't need to go deep into the actual performances on that day too much. But should we start with Pochettino's three nil defeat to Brighton? Because that for me, oh yeah, that was, was a, bad, a really bad one. It felt like the end of an era, didn't it? And that's hard Massively. to because of what Pochettino did for us and how good we'd been under him. Just you know, eighteen months earlier that. That that result there, where Lloris, you know, threw the ball into his own net practically and dislocated his elbow, it just it felt like that was a, a really bad one. Can you pick another one? And this season for me was Zagreb, mm. just absolutely <laughs> horrific. So, so bad. I, I remember, I remember after it, just thinking, what, what the fuck is going? <laughs> How has this happened? Yeah, Dinamo Zagreb. Turned yeah. a two goal, a two goal deficit around and beaten us and and you know I'm not going to be actually you know fuck it I will be dismissive they're fucking pig farmers a lot of them and do you know uh, what the worst thing about it was we we were talking beforehand about whether we should rest players or not and we played our full basically our full strength team and we still lost three nil it wasn't just like it was just like the inevitable was coming wasn't it it was like we we're watching it and going this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Then it did, and and and, and it was the big problem under Jose Mourinho because there was no foundation of solidarity mm. behind anything. That when we lost big or lost a game that hurt, it hurt especially because we had nothing to fall back on. When we lost mm-hmm. under Pochettino, and we lost like games we should have won in the best parts of his tenure, but it felt like it's okay because we're on a journey here. Whereas under Jose mm-hmm. Mourinho, there was no journey, was there? It was just this is this is it. Or on a speedboat rather than on a, a cruise liner kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think there's any getting away from away from the fact that that Zagreb result and performance was probably the worst Tottenham performance that I can I can remember feeling that. Like I didn't even I wasn't angry. I wasn't I didn't feel like sick. I wasn't upset. It was just utter disbelief in the fact that <laughs> that that had just happened. I mean, I, I, sat, I watched, obviously I've watched it, we're all watching it all on our own pretty much at that time. Mm. And I just, I had it on this 100 inch projector screen. It was, it was like someone showing me my nightmare in front of me, like it chained me, like Fionn Greyjoy has chained me to this great big cross and making me watch this utter, I just couldn't believe it. It was, it was, that was bad. And then, yeah, the, the Freno at Brighton, that, that broke my heart. That was, that was bad. Cause I knew then I was like, okay. You know, I I can argue all I like, but pick pick another one then. What uh, so we've got, uh, the we've got... semi final? Uh, the 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 semi final when Sun played left back that day. That was semi final, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, wing back. We we had three at the back and him playing left sided wing back. That was, that was, right? 
Yeah, the yeah. performance itself was bad, but it was just that was at a time where I was like, <laughs> we have got this. Because <laughs> yeah. Alex, I, I think you might have been with me. We were on the train, yeah. or, or, or might, and, and we were on, you know, the overground rattler, and um, the, the the team news came through, and you're looking at it and you're going, what, what, what is that? What's that formation? Is that Son Son playing <laughs> left wing back? And we were like, no, nah, it can't be. And then we're looking at it, and the only like there were there were Spurs fans around me. And we had the the phone out so that people yeah. were like looking yeah. over the shoulder to look at it, and we were like, everyone was like, I think Son's playing either left back or left wing back, and we're like, no, it can't be. Bad is I didn't care. I was like, so doesn't matter. Oh man, I did matter. as I soon as because I... I was drunk. That was the, that was the day about to sit down. We at Wembley. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I I kind of walked bold in there, singing as I was going up the steps, like high fiving randoms, like you're just hugging people, squishing their little face. I was like, today's the day. You you I could be playing left back and we're winning today. I just uh, and I was just so confident. Well, when, when when it came through, in my head I was like, oh, fuck, we fucked it. And it's amazing, like as, as you know, as fans, we don't really know. We can never really appreciate football in the way that Pochettino. We don't see it in the same way because they've they've experienced things that we could never experience and they understand the nuances through experience that we as fans can't and um but but there are times where they they put a lineup out and you're like oh, fuck, you've thrown this mm. and, and and it comes out to play and maybe that he, if he'd have played a normal formation and a normal lineup against that Chelsea side that we'd have lost anyway so you don't know but it, <laughs> there was that moment where as if you remember him and son just slid forever and Victor oh Moses it was honestly the longest slide slide I've ever seen, and um, yeah, he just fouled him for a penalty, and that was that. But I don't know. Yeah, that 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 was. I just I just thought it was interesting because you know we've had some bad performances under uh, Jose Mourinho, but I think the worst of them have probably come come under Pochettino. I'm trying to think of what my worst day was, and it was probably going away to Norwich when Tim Sherwood was in charge, because that trip to Norwich is an utter ball ache, and coming back is even worse when it's shit. Um, and I, remember, I think we lost one nil. Uh, yeah, that was bad. That was that was a bad day. Um, Windy, uh, I've got a question here. It says, is social media angst at an all-time high for you guys? Has the the last eighteen months brought out the worst in us? Now. You can't avoid the conversation, Windy, the fact that you've been, um, I, don't, I guess the word is under attack to some some degree. Like, your, what, what, what's your relationship with Twitter at the moment and Tottenham? Mm. Yeah, it's You uh, must be pretty, <laughs> pretty fucked off about it, right? Because I'm, I'm fucked off reading it. Uh, the thing is, I, I don't see it now because I've, I've got, all the all the people muted that, that dunk on me, um, but yeah, I mean, I can't. I basically can't tweet anything without without comments, without read, without quote. It's quote retweets. It's people sort of saying, "Look at what this idiot's saying," uh, and then sort of. Where yeah, do you think just... it comes from, Wendy? Why, why, why do you think they they jumped on you as opposed to? I mean, I know you've got. Lo- I mean, how, how many followers have you got? It's it's the number of followers, isn't it? It's you know I've got I don't know forty five thousand something like that, which is is that is that more absurd. than us? Is it? Well, let me just check. Is it more than us? Um, I think it is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, it's not more than us. So you can carry on, God, because <laughs> I was about to fucking block you. So yeah, you have got lots of followers and people 
Uh, what, what, so what, what, in your opinion, where, where does it come from? Because I feel like you don't... You tweet a lot about Spurs and you cast an opinion like all fans do, all, all Spurs fans do about it. And I think um, maybe because you have you have so much traction on Twitter and you are influential, I know you're not going to sort of, you know, boost that up. But the fact is you are. You've, you've built that account on, on, on your own creativity and, you know, you, you've done good work to get there. But I think people look at it and, and because of your, you know, the, the amount of followers you've got that they, they, they maybe think that you think that you're like above them. I think that's probably where they're coming from, these yes. arseholes. Yeah, that's it. That's a hundred percent it. That's a hundred percent it. And um, you know, I, I sometimes read back over old tweets and I think, oh god, I just sound like such a prick there. Why, why, why did I write it in that way? So I get it. I think also I'm very earnest. Um, I think that that rubs people up the wrong way. Like I'm not, I'm not very funny. So so people don't sort of follow me for laughs they follow me for for straight opinions like this is just the, these are my views on on spurs so uh, yeah i mean i'm I, I tweet a lot like you say um less so nowadays obviously because of because of what's happened but it all mainly started when um i went on a youtube channel and said very flippantly that um i wouldn't swap the two and a half years of peak pochettino for 10 trophies uh and then i said in my twitter replies 100 trophies uh, and I've written, I wrote a blog article about this, about what followed. So if, if people are interested, they should read my article. If you just type in a hundred imagine, one hundred imaginary trophies into into Google, you'll you'll find my article. Wait, um, but where where do you think that the angst come from? Like the anger, rather. What what what? Because people thought, people think that um, there's a weakness in not winning. There's there's something that's that's not manly about um, about not winning. That's not um, what's the point in following a football team if you're not winning? Uh, and I, I I feel the opposite way. I feel like I follow Spurs because well, because it's in my blood. You know, my family is through my family, uh, and I would follow Spurs if they were in in the conference. I would follow Spurs if they were a non-league team, um, but. I think some people follow football clubs for different reasons and they really, I mean, Bardi really enjoys winning. That's why I think that's one of the reasons why we, we, we work so well in the extra inch together because we have completely different takes on this. He, he wants to win at all costs. I don't, I, I would rather just enjoy my club. Obviously I want to win as well. Like that, don't get me wrong. I would, I would be delighted. I, would, I wanted us to win against Man City desperately. I want us to win everything we can, but it's not the be all and end all for me. Um, and could it could it be though that could it be that um at times where people were feeling good about their football club you know we're winning under Mourinho that you didn't sort of read the room and you posted what you genuinely thought rather than what people wanted to hear no this was before we were doing well so it happened this all happened before we were having a good run under Mourinho um, I was talking to a Man U fan at the time and he was sort of, I was sort of saying how this last season had gone and he was sort of saying, mm, yeah, there's some similarities here with what I experienced as a United fan. Um, <laughs> the amount of United fans who said, I told you, and then right. he did. I've got four or five of them that I work with through different, sort of various different sort of platforms and they said, this is what's going to happen. Um, and it all came to pass apart from us winning trophies. It's, do you know, and I had the same thing. So I was, 
I had to do something with work with Manchester United, and I was I arrived at the 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 training ground at United at Carrington, the United training ground, the morning after Mourinho had been sacked, and it was there was no sad faces, like there was a really nice vibe around the place. It was. And I remember people telling me then that it's just like no one said anything bad, obviously, but people were just like knowingly smiling at you. You're like, oh, busy day yesterday. You know, it's, uh, yeah. But I just want to pick up on that point that you said about, you know, when people were feeling good about a football club and, and then Windy posting something that they then might, you know, that might distract them from that feeling. That they are, they're on a platform and go into his postings, whether they follow him or whether they've seen it, they're then going to interact with it. Yeah. No one's. I don't understand it because no one's. It's, Wendy hasn't put this through their letterbox. It's like, <laughs> it's like walking past the news agents and seeing guitar lessons. You know, five pound an hour. Call, call Wendy. Oh seven, and then someone ringing up saying, "Well, I don't want guitar lessons." Fine, <laughs> all right. Don't worry about it. Then I, it's honestly, it's just I don't, I don't, I don't get the, the the anger thing. Like the whole ten trophies thing was. I found it. I found it. I mean, it's easy for me to say. I found it funny, you know, watching people react so mentally about someone they've never met uh, saying something that they don't agree with and don't have to listen to. Well, yeah, and and that's that's it. Like if it was a if it was a Twitter account that had a hundred people following and an egg for a profile picture, they wouldn't care. The the the, the issue is yeah. that they that that they realize that you you have reach and um well, it's also there's a sort of sense of notoriety from being the guy that that made that made windy coys look like a dickhead um and and genuinely like, there's a couple of people who i just think are just properly nasty and just want to i've seen i've seen them quote recently other people and they just they're trying yeah, to that... bring others down because they they gain some sort of positivity from that which is a really toxic way of living your life but the, the thing that i found really difficult because this is me and uh, it's just it, it, i found it like <laughs> almost physically painful at times was because obviously this this went this became basically viral um and and you end up with people saying things about you which aren't true um and i, and I kind of wanted to i kind of wanted to go and like correct the record i know it's really it sounds really stupid you can't i was, got, go, I was, walk I was away. going through a very difficult time at, at that point anyway my 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 other half's dad was dying basically and it was it was really i was really fucked up generally and i was getting a lot of emotional support but i kind of wanted to just constantly like say that's but that's not true what you're saying is like people were misquoting it as well they were saying you said you don't you wouldn't be happy if Mourinho won a trophy and i'm like i didn't say i didn't mention Mourinho. i literally didn't mention Mourinho in this quote and you're you're twisting it uh, and i kind of i was finding myself getting really upset about the sort of the misinformation which is stupid i mean like i said i should just muted it straight away, walked away, logged off Twitter for two weeks and, and be done with it. But life's not that simple, unfortunately. Uh, and there have, been, there have been other incidents since. Um, uh, uh, some some people like to call me a racist because they they deliberately took a tweet of mine out of context. But this so is about Aurier and uh, Doherty, right? Yeah, so I I hadn't spoken about this before, actually. Um, but so I was I was pulled up by someone uh, and i think quite rightly and innocently uh because i was being very critical of serge aurier and slightly less critical of matt doherty and they said look as you know as a black person it's you, you might want to think about how you're how you're 
like speaking about the two players because there could be some unconscious bias. And I was really like defensive at first. I was like, how could you think that you 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 know me? You know you you understand that I'm I'm a progressive person who's actively anti-racist and supporting Black Lives Matter. Why would you think that I? And then I was like, actually no. If everyone needs to be, everyone needs to interrogate their own unconscious biases. So I tweeted about it. And it was obviously the worst thing I possibly could have done. Discussing race on Twitter is a terrible idea in hindsight. Um, but one of my tweets said. Um, people of colour need to work harder. Uh, and what I was saying there, of course, was unfortunately in this unbalanced society where there is structural racism, people of colour have to work harder to achieve equal, to the same level as, as white people. Context. And, and, and actual racists deliberately, in my view, took that out of context because it distracts from anti-racist messaging. And it right, allows... Wendy, it, it... I agree. I understand completely how you've arrived at this situation. My question to you as your friend is why do you keep putting this message out there on twitter like why are you yeah. engaging with these people what every time you're talking about us, why did you tweet that rather than just having a conversation with your mates because yeah if you do right. that you're opening yourself up to these people they're waiting they're sitting there they've had a few beers probably had a line of gear or whatever it might be on a friday night in a pub oh look what wendy's done I've found a loophole. Let's fucking get him. Just don't give him the uh, ammunition. Be like me. Talk about reducing baked beans. That's what I did this morning. That's yeah, what I you're, tweeted. You're, you're right. You're completely Just don't, right. They're not. You're not the 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 energy you're going to get back isn't what you're putting out, and that's that's abnormal. It's not generally in life. If you're a kind person, you get kindness back. But on Twitter, that isn't the case. You just get wankers that are trying to get you. Just it's stop giving them. Though. It's difficult for because I. Like when you see stuff like that, particularly when it's your mate, like I, <clears throat> there's all of us that have then wanted to go jumping in and 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 saying but, the same never, thing, but we don't. Ne it doesn't help. It would never help. It would yeah, never help. And, and at the start, and I agree with you now, but at the start, I think you'll probably remember. You know, I was like, "Fuck that! Fucking say what you want. Go for them. Like, yeah, you know, if, if you honestly don't care, and you and you can and you can react." But you can't not care when... and not think about it later on in the evening. Fucking go get them. Go get the yeah, bricks. But no one can. But, no one can turn yeah, that. Well, I, like I said, I I I haven't learned that because no, it doesn't happen to me. But um, yeah, you know that's that's my I I'm at the same stance as you now. But at the time, I was telling Wendy, <laughs> like privately yeah. as well. Fucking go get them, mate. Yeah, it's not. Well, it, comes, it comes. The reason I did it was again. It comes back to me being too earnest and and too naive. To be honest, I thought. You know, you know, I've learned a valuable lesson here from what someone's tweeted at me. Maybe I can share that and other people might do the same. And and honestly, there were a handful of people that messaged me saying, do you know what, you're quite right. And I, I probably need to think about this kind of thing as well. And that was really nice. But there were, you know, thousands of people uh, calling me racist and quote retweeting. And who, um, unfortunately, the, the really sad thing about the whole incident is some, some black people genuinely thought I was being racist. And I was really upset about that. I was really upset about that because I am an actively anti-racist person. I do anti-racism work. Yeah, but but in my th th job. <laughs> those people would have been reactive to the messages sent out of people that have an agenda to you. So those people of have course. a responsibility yeah. to actually find the truth. If they're going to be reactive to a quote tweet by someone who has an agenda against you, if they're not going to be willing to educate themselves and actually find out what is the message from this person, then um, they 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 have to take responsibility for their responsiveness to the whatever you tweeted so if there are people out there who um who judged you 
misjudged you because what you actually tweeted wasn't racist and you weren't coming from a racist position. It may be that you had to take a view on what you said or what it might be to be the most sensitive person you can be so that you don't cause any problem or make an issue worse, more worse than it is. But people that are looking at you and thinking you're now racist have a responsibility to find out the truth. And if they don't, then their opinion isn't important. Whether they're black, yeah. white, whatever. It doesn't matter. They need to see through the bullshit in order to judge you. And if they're not, it doesn't matter the colour of their skin or whatever it is, they can't accuse you of being a racist based on a tweet. Because that's what happens. We're seeing that all the time. We we see it from memes, we see it from videos that are shared and we cast opinions based on what we see instantly rather than asking why. And it's fucking infuriating. You you're hundred percent you're hundred percent right. Um the problem for me is that it's too late now. The, the genie's down the bottle. Of course, I, I'm of course. basically, I'm basically a meme to to a, a, a large, you know, not insignificant number of Spurs fans. I am a meme, um, and you know, I just have to live with that. It's fine, you know. To some, I, I don't. Do I care about it now? Not really. I'd rather it wasn't that way, but it doesn't impact my life because, like I said, I've just got everyone muted that, that needs to be muted. Do you worry about going um, to Tottenham or anything like that in case anybody? I says do. Anything? I do. I've had. I've had. I've had several several threats of physical violence. One of them I actually reported to the police because it was a threat against my other half as well. Um, uh, scumbag. Like Absolute I, fucking scumbag. I do. I've shut off my messages now so i can't receive dms because i was getting threats quite regularly um a Why? few people what? said i can't They're wait to see you at the lane kind of thing i tell you what i, I, I like 99 percent of that is bullshit yeah. Yeah. absolute bullshit nonsense um but it, it doesn't make it any any no no i no, i understand like if you if i get that i'm gonna be like oh fuck like that I don't want it yeah. I don't want that in my life I don't want to get this negativity but these people are cretins anyone sending that is a cretin anyone the 0.1% who's who feels like they can you know who feels like yeah I'm going to I'm going to do something on a match day because you cast an opinion about a fucking manager of our football club like yeah, yeah right. and imagine imagine Absolutely like, so we've all got, we've perfect. all gone together there's we you know we're stood in the corner of a of a pub garden somewhere there's you know just me you T Willie, Bardi, you know, we're all there. Uh, as if someone's... Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not saying as if I'm, I, I just mean, think of the mind or the actual level of scumbagness of, of someone that would want to come over, you know, to, mm-hmm. a, to a bloke who's with a load of other blokes to try and start something because of what? A tweet. Like, if you'd have, like, called him out... Like, we've seen stuff on Twitter before, Twitter, people, like, meeting up because... You know, someone's called someone a nonce or found out where they work and report, you know, all sorts of that type of stuff. But what would this be about? This would be about a manager that isn't here anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you were out there calling people nonces, I'd understand it. But you're not yeah. you're just casting opinion at the Spurs. It is. And also when you put it into perspective, it's mad, isn't it? It's fucking ridiculous. It's really really ridiculous. Um but Wendy, what I would say is a friend and and you know, someone who, who I've known you for a long time and I, I do love you. Just stop giving them what they want. Like, like you, you can't turn to Twitter for um, a feeling of like, what what do you get out of tweeting? Like, what what, what do you what do you get out of of, of you know a thousand people liking your tweets? Does it make this you feel good. Into a therapy session now. Like, no, I'm just asking. I'm asking because it's important, Alex. Because he he it whatever whatever's happened through his Twitter account 
he's now in a situation where he can't tweet something without some arsehole fucking threatening him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's um it's upsetting, and it's it's like like what, how much do you get out of that, and how what, when when can you just think do you know what I mean? Fuck fuck them all, and then just 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 watch Spurs, or is it something you want to continue continue to, to to do? Just just tweeting and whatnot. So I do. I tweet a lot less, that's for sure, than I did. Um, th- the thing is that I do get people quite regularly messaging me saying, like, please don't stop. <laughs> please don't stop tweeting. We really enjoy your your takes. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I almost feel like I have a duty to carry on. But I, what I do now is I tend to do on match days. I'll tend to do a few tweets about the game, and that's it. Um, and generally, I try not to have too many hot takes. Or what I consider to be a hot take, um, and that you know, it's it's just different now. It's just different. Things will settle it's down fun. a little bit now. If we end up with a you know a manager that is relatively, let's say, vanilla in in comparison to to Mourinho, and we're doing all right, then naturally, for, you know, it's a, the last eighteen months have been have been you know testy, you know, throughout. There's not really yeah, been yeah, any type sure. of honeymoon period where everyone was happy anyway. So it, that lends itself to a, a slightly more toxic environment, regardless of whether that's right or wrong. You know, if Graham Potter comes in, who's, you know, or just is a bit more vanilla and says the same kind of textbook stuff after games rather than going after people or, or being quite divisive, then, you know, things will just settle down anyway in that aspect. You'll be able to tweet something that is a little bit more out there without, you know, <laughs> yeah. Two sides it's, coming, you know, it being completely split down the middle, you know. It should be able to do that anyway, isn't it? And that's that's what's yeah. mental about Twitter. Anyway, um, we've got to round it up here because um, it's Friday evening. We need to feed the kids and cook dinner. Um, but uh, Wendy, thank you so much, mate, for coming back on. It's been lovely talking to you, Alex. And you, mate. I've missed you. I know. I know. Well, we're going to be doing 15 minutes soon, so it'll be all right. Well, I'm, I'm here too. I, I mean, I missed you both, but if, if you just I, I meant both of you, Al. I meant both of you, okay, honestly. Well, that's, fine. that's okay. <laughs> I uh, I meant more, you know, more than the other. Yeah, well, I'm sure you don't text Windy or tweet Windy every weekend with like you know inflammatory comments. I've had four four phone conversations with Windy in the last eight weeks. Wow. So uh, yeah, we're on a good we're in a good place, aren't we, Windy? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> All right. Flav, uh, Wendy, can I just ask Wendy one thing? Wendy, is Flav the only person like, out of your like male friends? Is Flav the only person that like just calls you? Like just when he needs something? I do call Doesn't you. Yeah, it's, it's, just rings you. He is. 100% yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, don't, don't waste my... Don't, don't, fucking text messages are a waste of time, innit? You get more information <laughs> over in 30 seconds than you would have two hours of text. Anyway, boys, I've got to go. I love you both. All Bye. Right. All right. Bye.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Look, my day job as a firefighter is tough, but my night job as a social media manager, my Persian cat Jinxie, that's intense. It's 8 p.m. I've finally gotten home from another 24-hour shift, and I just want to kick back with a cold one, but... Old Jinxie knocks my beer right off the counter and gives me that look that says, no drinking on the clock. But Heineken Zero Zero keeps us both happy. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I get my drink and I can still work on Jinxie's new line of merch. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.